drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This time I'm sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. The Damian Lord trade is completed. This is beyond spectacular. If you're part of any of these free teams, if you're a fan of any of these free teams, or all three of these teams, congratulations. This blockbuster trade now shakes up the entire NBA, and your team most likely gets better. The trade happened three days ago. I'm I'm happy to finally be able to make a video on this. If you guys have not checked out CoreTee.com yet, definitely check it out because I uploaded the Damian Lillard trade grades, and I explained why every, and I mean from the Bucks to the Suns, to the Blazers, on why every team won. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to go over that trade. We're going to go over why this trade was done. We're going to go and throw the headlines that have been coming out of this. I just want to break this down. I really want to... I don't know. I want to I want to try just to wrap this all up in a pretty little bow so this way we have a better idea of everything that took place and why the heat well mainly why the heat didn't win why the heat just did not win those sweepstakes and how this came down to Pat Riley and Joe Cronin or Cron Cronin something like that whatever that dude's name is but this was a very emotional past few days, especially for a lot of fans. There was some confusion, but there's been, there's been a lot of mixed motions. But I, I, I was, I all want to get to the full trade details. But I want to give you guys my my thoughts, not only as a Phoenix Suns fan, but as a journalist of the Phoenix Suns. I want to be able to tell you guys my thoughts on that. My thoughts on the Bucks and of course the Trailblazers. If you guys have not been seeing me recently on podcast end, there's a reason. I am coming out of a brand new schedule. I've came back from uh, vacation not too long ago. I've just been trying to ramp it up, trying to get rested and get ramped up and get fired up for the upcoming National Basketball Association League season. I don't know why I had to spell it out. I have no idea why I had to say it. Uh, my brain's been fried all day. It's fine. But I'm getting ready for the next season. And so there's going to be a new schedule coming out. There's going to be a lot of new things happening to this podcast. A lot of game changers and a lot of new things that I really do want to drill down. So I know it's been a while from the podcast, but I want to get this out. This will probably be the last time you see it on a Saturday, Sunday type stuff. But, we're here now. I'm here now. And I just want to get this out. This ain't going to be too long. But, 
I want to make sure there's some quality stuff for you guys and that we're able to drill down. I thought it was going to be going to the Miami Heat. I really thought the Miami Heat were winning this. All summer, were they the favorites to land Damian Lillard? We saw Tyler Hero was gone. We saw Damian Lillard was going to be going to the Heat. We saw all these moving parts was going to connect Miami to Portland. And Portland was going to trade their now former, their now ex-franchise player to team with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. It's funny, reports been coming out, and one of the first reports were the fact that Joe Cronin thought it would have been a brilliant idea to ask Pat Riley to give up either Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler for Damian Lillard, which Pat Riley said no. And while everyone is making fun of Pat Riley, I do think he made the right decision in not imploding his team from the inside out. I don't think he made a bad choice. I don't think he made a bad choice. Because remember, per Sham Sharania, a day after, yeah, a day after the trade, he said the Miami Heat were willing to offer Tyre Hero, Nikhil Jovic, three first rounders, first round pick swaps, and multiple second rounders for Damian Lord. The Blazers had no interest in the Heat's package. The bigger play was another report came out uh, explicitly stating that Damian was never going to be traded to the Miami Heat. The Joe Cronin, the front office, the owners, they were not going to let him go to his preferred destination. They were going to send him a message that, okay, fine, you want out? You want to do this to us? You're not going. You're not going to Miami Heat. We're going to do this for us, and we're going to take you to whatever team we decide to take you to. Which is so wrong to do to a guy that's been loyal to for, what, 11 seasons? Could have gone to 12? I personally hate Joe Cronin. I've never been a, I've never been a fan of that jam. I've never been a fan of him. And I apologize if I'm getting his last name wrong, but he's Cronin now. Joe Cronin to me is what no GM should aspire to be. Like I thought Darren Mori was bad. Oh heck no. We got Joe Cronin. And it's not like he's doing anything significant. He pulled off a good trade. I'm going to give him his props. But the way he did Damian Lillard was dirty. It was kind of, I don't want to say corny, but it was just, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care if you're pro or anti Damian Lillard in this type of situation, but... This dude, Joe Cronin, wanted Damian Lord gone. He wanted him gone. Because in a bombshell report by Chris Haynes, it appeared that Lillard, Damian Lillard, wanted to rescind his trade demand, but it was denied by the general manager. 
He said there was no going back and ignored Lillard on multiple occasions. Even, and this is the most shocking part to me, and the one that just should get everyone's blood boiling. Even when they met in person several times, Cronin just ignored him. He went out of his way to give a, I guess, a lackluster response. He didn't even really do anything. Like, he gave a non-existent reaction to seeing him since their private conversation. But Damian Lowe was ready to come back to the team when he knew a Miami Heat trade may not be taking place. Like, when the Miami Heat rolled out, he's like, here, I'll come back. And it's not like Damian Lillard pulled almost a James Harden just going in recent memory of the past um, few instances with Harden and Darren Moore. It's not like he called out Cronin or the 76ers organization as a whole or called him a liar or called him any sort of name. He kept it very professional. He kept it real. He kept it honest. He just kept it. He just kept it respectful. He he didn't leak anything. He expressed his feelings, but he never crippled this organization. He never turned fans on fans. He never turned the fans against the organization. He said, "I respect the organization. I just don't think our goals, our views, they line up anymore. So I want out." And funny part is the Blazers, and I don't like the Blazers as a whole, as an organization. Players, players are phenomenal. I'm talking about the front office. I'm talking about whatever loser they have as an owner now. They've been stiff farming Damian Lord for the longest of time. They've been giving him baseless promises of saying, we're not rebuilding, we're going to get you a star. What do they do? They trade CJ McCollum. They didn't go anywhere. And then he's like, okay, trade the third overall pick. I know we get screwed, Henderson, but I want to win now. I want to win now. I know we're not going to win a championship now, but I just want to get back to the postseason because we're such a garbage organization that we couldn't make it past few seasons. So I just want somebody. Which is a very valid request. And he put it a lot nicer, but if we're going to be blind, this is a fire, before this trade, this was a fire organization. Who, in another report that came out, who told Damian Lillard to sit out the final 10 games of the season so they could tank enough to get a high draft pick, which turned into the Scoot Henderson draft pick? You get a top free pick. So Damian Lillard complied, he's been respectful, but then Cronin wants to be a bully. He thinks that he, now he could be the dominant one in this situation. And he's like, no, I don't care. He decided to be a jerk. That's all that's all he did. Um quote, Cronin's response to the seven time all star was that there was no coming back, Haynes reported. Uh, Lord was shocked, sources said. He said it was discouraging to hear he couldn't return, but added that he didn't want to be somewhere he wasn't wanted, ended, and he ended the meeting. End quote. Also, this is my favorite one from his bombshell report. If you guys have not read it yet, I highly recommend that you guys do. But on September 11th, 
uh, Damian Lord started showing up to the team te uh, to the team facility for the preparation of training camp. He was there for eight days, and despite there being, despite him there, uh, so I'm sorry, despite him not for him being there for an entire week, Crone did not talk to Lord once. According to the man himself, the GM gave him a non-existent reaction to seeing him since their conversation. So, Cronin went about it in the most smug and ignorant and egotistical way humanly possible, humanly imaginable. Like, it's just, it, 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 anything you could imagine, it actually got worse. Like, before all this stuff came out, you could have said, okay, look, Disney's just a business deal, both sides are happy to part ways. But to see all this come out, all these reports coming out, because Lord, the Blazers tried to make Lord the bad guy. But now Cronin and all of his little stooges in the front office pretty much stabbed him back. Now, to be fair to the front office, I, I don't know if they really wanted Damian Lord to go, but because you work for someone like Cronin and he's pretty much the boss right now, and of course you have to listen to all the upper guys as well, you really just can't fight it. You just kind of have to just go with it. But I wonder how that makes Blazer feels fan. Like, I wonder how that makes Blazer fans feel. How does it make y'all feel? That you had Damian Lord, he was ready to come back. He was going to work with Screw Henderson, even though he said, trade the third overall pick or I'm out. And then he's like, you know what? I like Scoot. Let's get it going. He's like, you're not welcome back here. That's some messed up stuff, but it's every sport is a business. Remember that. Every sport is a business. Don't let anyone ever convince you otherwise. Every sport is a business and the NBA is no different. So I wanted to get I wanted to get that out there so everyone had the full picture. Everyone had the full picture. We also saw a day after um, Lord was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks that he gave out this uh, heartfelt um, letter just addressing the fan base, addressing the team itself, and just thanking him, show, uh, showing gratitude, showing appreciation, and thanks, right? Um one more bombshell, and then we're going to get to the actual trade itself. This comes with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I wonder how Giannis Antetokounmpo feels about this. So the Milwaukee Bucks pulled the trigger without consulting their superstar player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. According to ESPN, the Bucks didn't want any drama with Giannis by trading away Drew Holiday. And if you guys don't know the story behind why they went down that route, apparently back in 2018-2019, I believe it was 2019, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the Milwaukee Bucks were going to trade Chris Middleton. They were going to trade Chris Middleton for Jimmy Butler. It would have been Jimmy Butler and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But... 
and this deal was pretty much sealed. Like this was going to be, this was going to be it. But Giannis like, no, I decline. I do not consent to this trade. We're not having this trade. It's vetoed. I'm not doing it because he he liked his teammate. He liked his friend. And he didn't want to ship him out. Now, good news for him, that judgment call, that vetoing of the trade was a correct call. It was a correct call. Because in a sense, they won a championship a year later. So you can't get mad about that. So I can understand why the Bucks didn't want any drama with Giannis by trading away Drew Holiday. I wouldn't have talked to me either if I were them. Because this what this part was the better decision. This was the best decision to win more championships. Because if you if if as a team you believe you can win more championships, why not do that? Why not do it? I wouldn't hundred percent do it. I I'm sorry that Drew Holiday got traded, but it's not like he's Chris Middleton and he's been here his entire life. He's been that one team that one city for his entire life no Drew Holiday was a was a part of the uh, Pelicans a part of New Orleans Pelicans right so you have that going on so when you have all that being factored in I wouldn't I, w I would care to trade him away. He's invaluable. You thank him for his time. You thank him for his defense and how he handled the Suns, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker in the 2021 NBA Finals. But this is the better move that could result in more championships. 100%. 100%. And I now want to jump into this trade because it kind of segues. It kind of all pieces itself together. And of course, we're going to get to my feelings on it. And these are my, these are my, these are my opinions. This is what I believe. This is very calculated. And there's really no bias in this. Despite me being a Phoenix Suns fan. And despite me having feelings towards other players a certain way. I, I really can't be biased in... The problem for the Phoenix Suns is, since I like them so much, and since they're my hometown team, and they're my fan favorite, just speaking to y'all on a fan level, I'm more I'm more hard on them. I want to see more of them, so I'm more critical if that means anything. I want them to to succeed, so I hyper-analyze everything, just hyper-focus on the good and the bad, more so on the bad, if you, think, if you really do think about it, and my approach, and how I talk about them, even last season. Anyways... Um, there were three key, four key players in this deal. Damian Lord, DeAndre, Joseph Nurich, and Drew Holiday. This deal, before Damian Lord, between the Blazers and the Suns were already done. Per multiple reports, per multiple confirmations, Joseph Nurich was going to Phoenix and DeAndre was going to Portland. The Suns and the Blazers already figured out. James Jones and Joe Cronin, they already figured that out. So, that was already done then. 
the Bucks came in, then it was an official free team trade, and that allowed players like Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, Tamani Kamara, those guys to come in on this huge deal. Where are the full details exactly? Where are the full trade details exactly? Let's start the Milwaukee Bucks. This is very simplistic, very straightforward. They secured Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers Blazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre, and Tamani Kamara, uh, a 2029 first round pick, and two pick swaps. Phoenix Suns received Joseph Nurich, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson. And there is a report going around by Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports that Keon Johnson and Ish Wainwright may be waived by Phoenix. So, if that means anything to you guys, I like Ish Wainwright. He was a favorite. I know that when he got the minutes, he was called, but I know he didn't get many minutes. And he, was he really impacting games? No, but he was really fun. I, I liked it. I love Ish. I really do. Ish to me was a cool guy. I always have those fan favorites. Every fan of a team has those favorites. Even if they don't get a lot of minutes, you're just like, you either feel for them or you're just excited for them when they get the play and you want them to succeed really bad. Or you just like what they do off court or when they're not playing on the court, just on the bench, hyping their teammates up, stuff like that. But. I really want to start with the Portland Trailblazers, and of course I'll get to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. I want to start with the Portland Trailblazers. For much, for as much as I just ripped in the Cronin, he did do a good job facilitating this trade and getting the most out of this trade. They did. He did. Because all they had to give up was Joseph Nurch, Damian Lillard, Keon Johnson, and Nazir Little. And they were able to receive free picks, 2028 to 2030. And while that's a few years out, while that's a couple years out, who cares? They could be tied into different trades. That the draft capital, those assets are pretty powerful, and that could be used in future packages. Because we all know Jeremy Grant's going to be available near the trade deadline, which makes sense. Not because he's a bad player, just because they're going into a different direction. They want to get off his large contract. But, speaking about large contracts, you got three players. Two really solid players. One that is going to be flipped. One that could have some potential. And then one who you see as a top five center. In the National Basketball Association. You got free first round picks. All of them which from Milwaukee. All you had to give up. Was. Two big contracts. And then two players that. Could have some potential. But you're just. You, you rather act now and just get rid of them and you can open up the minutes and you can just, you get some going because while Nazir Little was giving him, giving him a little something, same with Keon Johnson, it's just not what you were expecting, didn't really fit in, so you give them to the Phoenix Suns. Why not? Um, this was 
Um, this was a really good deal. So, the young center, the Blazers, the Blazers are gonna do what the Phoenix Suns try to do with Devin Booker and DeAndre. They're going to try to have Scoot Henderson and DeAndre. Scoot's a rookie. DeAndre is only 25 years old. So, safe to say, you do have a very valuable center who's under contract for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. You don't have to worry about anything. You got him under contract. He's going to play well. They got DeAndre pretty much for a steal. Given what they had to give up and given what they received, what they got in return, it's almost like they got him for a steal. I honestly do believe that. Why would I say that? Because I think there, this was a Brad Bill type trade. Brad Bill wanted up, so did Damian Lillard. But the Wizards were back into a corner. The Trailblazers, not necessarily. Two very different situations. But, DeAndre probably wanted out. DA's camp was probably working overtime to say, hey, we're ready to go. We're not going to make this public, but let's keep this internal. We're done. I'm sorry, but it's no, it's no longer going to work here. Um, thank you for everything, but we're gonna, we're gonna go now. We're gonna bounce. We're gonna pack our bags, and that's that. So when you view like that, they didn't have to give up much. Joseph Nurich, he has an injury history. He has a pass to him, if you want to put it that way. Still a fine center. A more experienced DA. A better fit for Phoenix. His time at Portland was running out. But DA is a better fit for Portland. And DA is younger. Forget about the money. You have him tied long term. You can pay off Screw Henderson. And now you have something. Drew Holiday has been shopped by the Blazers. When the trade came out, it was already reported that the Blazers were already shopping him. And teams like the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, yes, the Miami Heat, were all interested in Drew Holiday. And I believe, I believe that for an all-star guard, for this vet guard, I believe they get something, a good, good return for the one-time champ. Because the teams that I've brought up, these teams need clarity and reassurance in their backcourt. We know that there is a lot of stuff going on and even beyond the backcourt for the Boston Celtics you have the Malcolm Brogdon situation Philly's dealing with the James Harden situation Miami after losing some of their guards in the offseason now have an issue for death in the backcourt 
This is a very flippable player with high value in our current trade market. Portland can easily get two first rounders and a good slash rising young player. I 100% believe that. There ain't no doubt in my brain. I believe that you would get easily 2026, 2028 first rounders or or heck, even 2025-2027 first rounders. I, I think you can easily get that. And if you want to go swap positions, you can. Position for position player? Cool. Do it. But you can easily get a, a solid player with two good picks. And if the Blazers get that, then they're... I guess I guess if you call it a tre treasure trove or whatever you want to call it, but if they get go into their treasure box, they're going to have all these assets and not only players, but in draft capital with those draft picks. You already have free first rounders from twenty twenty eight to twenty thirty. And who cares if they're pick swaps? If two or three of them are pick swaps from M Milwaukee. Those are still first-rounders at the end of the day. Remember that. But then if you're able to get two more first-rounders, you're going to have a lot of draft picks. You're going to come in with 10-plus first-rounders. You could have the opportunity to do that. So not only are you getting quality players quality depth not only are you building but in your rebuild quest in this mode to win in the future you can tie this in the other packages or you can use the picks for yourself to get sneaky good players or if you're still really bad really good players well if you're in milwaukee you gotta be really bad right So, the Blazers did a very, very good thing. The Blazers very much won this. Plus, as I brought up before, this is very obvious, but getting rid of the players that you, get, you got rid of, this will be opening up significant minutes. You'll now be able to get more minutes to Screw Henderson, Shane Sharp, and Anthony Simons. All three players have... Um, incredibly high ceilings within this Portland organization. I know we all want to talk about the Bucks and Lillard, but I think the Blazers have found success in this deal, and it's going to pay off in the now and the future. I think Chauncey Billups, current head coach of the Portland Trail Blazers, can utilize DeAndre Drain because DeAndre Drain's top priority is scoring and while he's not the most physical center he can still give you 20 10 a night he can still get you those touches he can still give some pretty good he's gonna give you good minutes he's gonna, he's gonna be a good center he's a t he's a top 15 center who has the opportunity to become a top 10 center very very soon in this league I honestly do believe that And I know, I know it didn't work out with Phoenix. 
And for as much as I was writing DeAndre in last season, I was very much critical of his flaws and sometimes wanting him to be traded. I, I admit there, there was a large part of me. Trust me, those tweets are still up. Not deleting them. I, 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 when I saw the video of him in Portland in the team facility, he's with the Trailblazers. Joe Cronin's there. Everyone, the guys are there. Um, and Tamani Kamara is there. For the first time in a long time, DeAndre Drain finally seemed happy to be in a team facility. He, I think he's starting to feel the love again. And with that report coming out, that Portland views him as a top five. A potential top five or already top five center in the league, that that's pretty cool. And you can and if you're DA, you can say, hey, they traded Joseph Nurich and Damian Lord for me. They traded Nur- they they traded for me. I, I wish the best of luck, the DA. I really do hope that this season treats them well. I'm sorry it didn't work out here in Phoenix, but I hope it works out. I'm going to be watching all of those games. Trust me, I'm going to try to tune into majority. I'm going to try to tune in as many Portland Trailblazers games as I humanly can. Still trying to get in the Phoenix Suns, of course, but speaking of them, there's two preseason games. I believe one game in November We've never, then there's going to be one regular season game that I will be tuning in for. I don't care what happens. I will be there. You best believe I'm going to be there. So, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. So, I, w- I wanted to put that out there. DA had a lot of good moments. I just don't think it was a fit anymore. And with that, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. With that, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. I really do. Also, I really thought Tamani Kamara could be the Sun here. So, keep your keep an eye out, ear out, something for Tamani. I hope he gets some playing time. Because I actually did an article on him after the draft. Explaining the Phoenix Suns fans what you could expect from a guy like Tamani Kamara. So if you guys ever get a chance, read that article. Trust me. You guys will appreciate that article. You guys are getting a pretty cool player. I was actually excited to see him play. Real deal. No joke. I was actually hoping he would get like 5-7 to seven minutes per game. That was something I hoped for. That's something I came out three months ago. Because I, I, I was answered the question, should Suns fans be excited about Tamani Kamara? You're getting, a, you're getting a solid rebounder, exceptional defender, decent shooter, decent playmaker. He can shoot off the dribble and plays very well on both sides of the court. You got him in the second round. And I, I, I really do believe that Tamani Kamara can be... I saw a player because in 2022-23, when he was with Dayton, he averaged 14 points, 8.5 rebounds per game. Plus, when it comes to steals and blocks, he averaged almost one block per game of 1.2 steals. 
his true bread and butter lie on the defensive side, he could be viewed as a developing rotational wing player. I I thought that this pick was a B plus. I thought drafting this small forward was a B plus. That's just my humble opinion. That's just that's my honest opinion. And I thought they I thought they had a late round, a late end of draft steal, a gem. I thought they found a gem. So am I a little bummed out that I can't get Kamar in the Suns jersey? Yeah, in the Suns uniform, sure. But it's fine. He's with the Trailblazers now. But I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. And then we'll get to what y'all been waiting for. The main part of this deal. The player we all have been talking about for the past few months now. Damian Lord and the Milwaukee Bucks. And John Horst really did a good job. I ain't going to lie with y'all. He did a very good job facilitating his trade. Because he gave up a little to nothing. I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, the Phoenix Suns. So, what did the Phoenix Suns receive? They received Yosef Nurch, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, Grayson Allen. What did they give up? Yana Drank, Tamani Kamara. The Phoenix Suns actually got pretty good death on this trade too. Like, I'm happy with this trade. And again, guys, all of this, I gave all these trades around an A. So, you guys will have to see which got A pluses, which got A's, but whatever grade, right? But, the Suns got an A. This is an A in my book. To me, it is. Because the Phoenix Suns were giving out a player they already weren't sold on. That both, But to both DA and the Suns, both sides, they weren't sold on each other. And it was probably time. And you gave up a interesting prospect, a late-rounded prospect. Which is cool, right? But... You didn't have to give up any picks, even though the Suns couldn't give up any picks. We don't have any good picks through the year 2030, and that is a fact. <laughs> but we're playing for the here and now, so I really don't care for the uh, picks as much. But Joseph Nurich, this was a fit over talent. We can all agree DeAndre is more talented than Nurich. That goes without saying. No one can convince me that Nurich is more talented than DeAndre Drain. I'm a Nurich guy. I like Nurich. I do. I have nothing against Nurich. Nurich, to me, is a solid guy. Who's going to be able to give you double digits. But this was fit over talent. The Phoenix Suns... Knew and so did DeAndre that it just wasn't going to work because he couldn't live off of three or four shots. He just couldn't live off three or four shots per game. He was going to be the fourth option, fourth, fifth option. No, probably fourth after the big three, the huge trio, right? Now, it wasn't just going to be sustained. And Frank Vogel had a plan for DA, but it was going to be more defense driven he was going to get less touches there's going to be a significant drop off but he was going to be there he was going to be the paint guy he was going to be that traditional defensive center 
because Vogel's scheme runs through a, def a big man who's more defensive-minded and balanced, but for the most part has the ability to play defense consistently and effectively. And that was something that DeAndre kind of struggled with, and that comes in the physicality and just trying to work himself in the paint. And I'm not saying physicality in the sense of trying to stop Don Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, or even to kill Jokic. I'm talking about physicality of bodying a guy, trying to play contested defense, putting pressure on your opponent, on the opposition. And given the scheme Vogel was going to try to run with D.A., this would have fit Ainge. As I said before, he can't survive on only three to five touches a game. In the end, it doesn't fundamentally work for either side. Now, in Sir Nurich, when he steps in, he's all those other aspects of basketball that aren't related to scoring a ball for a white net. The Phoenix Suns don't need a primarily shooting center. Their main, their main focus in replacing Ainge, strengthening center, quote-unquote strengthening center, was to find a center that could be gritty-gutty and a little more experienced in that department. Almost like having a veteran who, could take, who can take control of the pain when times get tough. For... Worst come to shove, or it's the best place to live in, it's paradise. You need an experienced vet like Nurich. So, Nurich's game really doesn't rely upon shooting. It actually relies upon passing and getting rebounds. He'll find a way to score. He'll find a way. And because this former Blazer is a way better passer aim, that's going to be more crucial to note and to capitalize on since the Suns now have free wings that are just beyond lethal. Right? So, to summarize Nurich's new role with the Suns and the reason why they chose Nurich over Aim, just because they needed a greedy gutty center and they didn't need a center being so obsessed with taking shots. It's not 2019, it's not 2020 anymore. The Suns have evolved, the Suns have gone differently. And when you look at these other pieces, um, I want to highlight Grayson Allen. I'm not the biggest fan of Grayson Allen. I like the player, Grayson Allen, but like, talent-wise, Grayson Allen has talent skill. But he's just such a dirty player when he broke in the wrist of Alex Crusoe. Like, Grace now, to me, is a very acquired taste. He has his own personality. You just have to, if you're going to like Grace now, you have to go all in. There's no middle. Either side of the aisle that you stand on with Grace now. But, I do like Grace now because he knows how to ball like a starter. And he's a very consistent three-point shooter. The Suns are very much an inside-the-arc shooting team. They like their mid-range jumpers and pain points. And while that is fine, having a player like Allen will give him a boost beyond the arc to knock down consistent freeze. That is, in fact, Grayson Allen's entire 
existence, his entire existent NBA career. And I would just say this. The Suns are replacing Landry Shaman with Grayson Allen. Allen is better and is what the Suns were hoping for in Shaman. A player they traded for when Monty Williams took control of coaching his team. Because if you remember, Monty Williams was in Philly. He liked what he saw in Andrew Shaman. Boom, bada, bang. You, you saw what you saw in Andrew. He's like, you know what? Get him. And it just never panned out, especially with that contract. It just never panned out. So you trade away for the wizard to the Wizards with CP Free, future Hall of Famer, of course, for a good guy like Bradley Beal. So Allen's gonna be very good. He's gonna be a very, very solid free point shooter. He's gonna be able to knock down three to four frees per game. He's a guy that only needs six touches a game to get ten points. He only needs six shot attempts. Even if he only gets free, if he's able to get close to 10, and he's able to get to the line as well. So, there are those pros and cons to this game. I'm not getting into cons as such. But, the Bucks didn't need Grace Allen. They, they already have a free point. They have enough free pointers. Three point shooters. They have enough pieces, but for the Suns, they need a guy like him. They need a three-point shooter like him. He, they need a catch-and-shoot guy, or take one, or come off the dribble and shoot guy. And that's what they found, Grayson Allen. At least in my opinion. So they're replacing Landry Shaman. They're upgrading themselves in the backcourt. It makes sense to me. It, it does. So I do like the Suns getting Grayson Allen. I think for deaf purposes, that was good. I think getting I, I think getting uh Nazir Little and Keon Johnson, that was also good. It was also good. They'll be good contributors for deaf purposes. If Keon Johnson stays, great. If he doesn't, great. I hate to put it that way, but the Suns will be fine either way. They already got out all of their big not big names, but they got out filling out their death with guys like Eric Gordon, Utah Wanambi, other guys such as those pieces, Bobo, right? Especially with way Kendrick Perkins hyping them up. I'm excited. I've always been a Bobo fan. Always have been. Especially since the bubble days. I'm also Taco Folk type of guy. He He's playing in China now. Or some other league internationally. But, for the time being, this completes their short-term goals of trying to win a championship right now. And being an elite, ch and being an elite championship contending team. This also completes their quest of expanding depth and making it look better for more, greater outcomes in the upcoming season. So when you're factoring all of that together, the Suns scored. And I know people are like, why didn't we get more for a guy like Deion Drain? This just wasn't the current market. It just wasn't the current market. And sometimes that's all right. But you're still able to score with these guys. Sometimes you need to go over... You need to pick fit and depth over talent and trying to have a very top-heavy team. 
I don't like the Phoenix Suns being top heavy. It hasn't worked out very well when it comes to the playoffs or with certain matchups. So I like that we're spreading out the death. I like how James Jones is doing it. I like how Matt Ishbia is doing it. I like how we're doing it. So, from that perspective, and that perspective alone, I really do like this trade. I do. And I don't think anyone can convince me otherwise. That's where I'm at right now. So, I think every team won this trade. But I do like how this goes for the Phoenix Suns because it was just such a good trade for Finn Death. And I think people need to wake up to that. And if you're one of them, please wake up to that because there's going to be key, key benefits to this. And I, I just don't say that lightly, especially when it comes to a team like the Phoenix Suns, who I would literally die for. Like, if I had to die the next day after them winning a championship, I would do that. That's how much of a diehard fan I am for them. Is it a little bit weird? Maybe. But who cares if it's just a little bit weird? I don't care as such. Anyways, let's get to the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, John Horst, he did good. He's not a bad GM at all, boys. Because they received Damian Lillard. What did he give up? Drew Holiday, Grace Down, three first rounders. But those picks are from 2028 to 2030. And I get the downside of, hey, you just traded away a core piece of your championship team that won a championship not too long ago. Grace now was whatever, but you still gave up a death piece. You still gave up a contributing starter. In the picks, 2028 to 2030, that could have been vital. You gave up significant picks for a huge contract aging superstar in Damian Lillard. So if you don't win a championship in the next three to four seasons, giving them that gracious, graciously long uh, window to win a championship, then many people are going to come back on this deal and saying, did the Miami Heat make the right decision not imposing their team, not breaking up the unit? And there is a large part in that. But I want to talk about the here and now. Those are the cons. Those are the cons. But the combination of Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be something else. They'll probably be the best duo in the NBA. Right now, it's between them and the defending champs duo. Nikhil Jokic and Jamal Murray. However, besides that, this team did not dismantle the roster at all for Lillard. The Milwaukee Bucks... They're in a contender mode. The contender mode pretty much means their only goal in life is to bring home another Larry O'Brien. I think this is going to be such a fascinating... This is going to be a game changer. They're winning a championship in the next two to three seasons. It's between them and the Phoenix Suns now. I honestly do believe that. Them, the Suns, and the Nuggets. Everyone else... It's a free-for-all, but you have those top three teams. But they didn't dismantle the roster at all for Lord. Do you know how significant that is? I don't care about the picks. 
You upgraded. You upgraded Drew Holiday. Sure, Drew Holiday was better defensive, defensively, but I would give up defense to get 30 points per game and a handful of assists. I'll do that. I'll do that for the talents of Damian Lord. This is such a good fundamental trade. I'm telling y'all, the projected star lineup of Damian Lord, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, Yas Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Boys, this is a championship containing team. Milwaukee definitely made improvements. They satisfied Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis said, look, I'm not going to sign my extension yet because I don't know if their priorities are the same as my priorities. I don't know if their goals are the same as my goals. I don't know if we value the same stuff we once did back in 2021. He's going to sign that extension now. Him and Damian Lord are going to run this league. If you thought the West would get any easier... You are simply flat out wrong. I'm sorry to say it, but it is it's 100% true. This, I, I know, again, I get that they lost defense and the impact from Holiday, but adding in the fit and versatility of Lord is something irreplaceable. This duo will be unmatched. They'll have several years to win a championship. To see a team not give up much, even factoring the long run of facts, is something not many general managers can do and even perfect. John Horst is a legend for this. And I honestly do believe that. And by the way, John Horst is their general manager. But, um... I, I really do believe what the Milwaukee Bucks have done is very significant. Because they didn't demolish their team. They gave up some picks, yes, but they didn't demolish up their team. They didn't mash up. They didn't go on. They didn't pull a New York Nick uh, type trade where they traded for Kamal Anthony but gave up their entire roster, completely dismantled it. It, it was horrific. Damian O would now be winning a ring. I never saw I was gonna be able to see Chris Paul or Damian O win a ring. Chris Paul, you're on the you're on the Golden State Warriors. You have a chance. Just don't retire anytime soon. Just give it two to three more seasons. Um, but Damian Lillard, give it two to three more seasons, and the Bucks are going to be winning. They're going to win their first championship in franchise history. One hundred percent believe that. 100% believe that. Without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, I 100% believe that. The Bucks are better, the Suns are better, and the Blazers are better from this trade. So much has been going on, so much, but this is all the full trade details. Again, if you guys want to see that article of Damian or trade grades, Definitely go to courtteed.com. I would 100% you guys check that out. I would recommend it to the fullest. So, that's where we'll be at. That's how, that's how I'm viewing this right now. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. Again, things are changing for courtside heat. Um, um, yeah, I'm not really... Go and talk about it right now, but we're going to have some fun changes, some fun, fun changes.
And I'm simply excited. I'm simply excited. October's going to be really fun. Media Day is Monday. Quartz Heat on X and QuartzHeat.com will be covering that. So do not miss it at all. And guys, with that being said, this is all I got for today's podcast episode. Peace out.